In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual. And Cinda Virtual brings you business stories from all over the world and business leaders from all over the world. And you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only have listeners and we don't only have uh, business people from all over the world, but we have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And let me tell you what this series is about if you're new to our show. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. Now, you can listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you happen to miss a broadcast, don't worry, because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple Podcasts to Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all of them. And in this series, you can really hear great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even can propel your career forward. Now, I invite you to connect to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to hear about on this show. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless of your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's uh, series. You know, leadership during the COVID has taken on an entire new meaning. Uh, leaders are asking everybody to make sacrifices, um, but sometimes they don't always practice them themselves. And there is one group of people whom we would expect to be an example in a crisis, and that is our leaders. But how people perceive leaders today is really split because of the different issues that are going in the crisis, we're seeing all kinds of behaviors from leaders, which brings us to the question, what is good leadership in a crisis, and can leaders step up to their leadership positions in this crisis? And it doesn't matter if it's the shift manager at McDonald's or a president of a country. We all have certain expectations of leaders and leadership, and how leaders meet our expectations is very critical right now. But leaders first need to understand what leadership is about. And in confusing times, that's very often hard. And leaders, they receive contradictory messages, and they often, very often, forget the basics of leadership. Um, they're often in turmoil themselves. And it's very important that in these confusing times, they also have support in their roles. It's a lonely job up there 
on the top. It's a lonely job to be a leader, and we do need to support them. And today we're going to talk to somebody who does that, who supports leaders. Catherine Cozy is a coaching psychologist and has an MSc and is one of the three coaches in the United States qualified to offer her clients master's level evidence-based coaching psychology from the University of Sydney, where, where, which leads the world in this area. She partners with successful leaders in re-injecting meaning, authenticity, sustainability into how they lead their organizations, including learning complex adaptive leadership approaches that are required today for our changing world. Catherine Hosey has been coaching full-time since 2003 and has well over 10,000 hours of experience working with leaders across multiple, uh, multiple industries. Um, born in Australia and based in San Francisco, she holds a Master's of Applied Science and co- uh, Coaching Psychology from the University of Sydney and a Bachelor of Adult Education from the University of Technology in Sydney. She was previously the president of the International Coaches Federation, the ICF, in Australia, leading over 1,300 coaches. She is also a qualified trained coach supervisor with Oxford Brooks University. Catherine, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Kimberly. It's good to be here. So, um, let's just let's try to kind of just start uh, up at a, a very high level. Um, you know, leadership has changed. Um, you know. We, Kind of like, what is the biggest thing that you have seen changing in leadership in the last years? Oh, well, um, <clears throat> there is a massive change going on, Kimberly. Uh, I guess it would be useful to sort of start with where we were with leadership. And, and people used to see leadership as um, the role of leadership be around having clarity, a clear vision, having a fairly dominant voice. Um, being able to tell people what they need to be doing, how they need to be doing it, having a certain standard that they hold for everybody else. Um, But essentially, we were coming in the past from a place of greater clarity. And the massive shift that I've been watching over this at last several years is we're shifting now into what's a much more VUCA world, which is... um, Uh, which stands for uh, volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. And the world is changing. We're becoming more global. Things are becoming more complex. They're ambiguous. Things change more quickly. And so the skills that are required for leaders these days have really shifted. I tend to come back pretty frequently to four main things that I look for in leaders these days. I mean, there are many, many things I look for. But there's a four-factor model that was developed by Michael Kavanagh, Dr. Professor Michael Kavanagh, and and I I come back to that repeatedly. And those four factors that are required for leaders now are, first of all, mindfulness, and that is the ability to manage their own anxiety, their ability to calm themselves down, their ability to know their own triggers um, and and be self-aware. The second factor is perspective-taking capacity. And what perspective-taking capacity is, is the ability to see um, more highly and broadly um, than most people. So looking at things over a longer time frame, being able to understand that, you know, life is a journey that this too shall pass, that perspective-taking capacity also helps them to remain calm and know know that everything is really just a phase. Um, The third area is a shared sense of purpose with their people. 
when things are uncertain, goals shift and change all the time, but a purpose can be quite steady. And so by having a shared purpose, they're able to hold their people steady through uncertain times. And the fourth area is dialogue, and that is staying in constant dialogue with the people around them. Uh, because when we're in dialogue, we understand context, we understand how people are feeling, we understand factors that we don't understand if we're staying in our own world. So that need to be in constant conversation is also becoming increasingly important. So so these four factors that you're talking about, okay, and the changes and the shifts you've seen in leadership um, today, when when you're talking to leaders and and, and working with them, are they are they aware of this? And and you know, as I said in the intro, leadership is a lonely job. You know, how much support mm. do they need with this? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, quite a lot of support. Um, one of the things that I find so interesting is how much people think it's just them. And um, one of the things that I find people really ease into with the coaching is understanding that the challenges that they're facing and what they're going through, it's not actually just them. This is actually something that's um, impacting so many people. Um, so it is a lonely job and the benefits of working with someone who's been working with leaders for years is that they've seen so many patterns and I've been exposed to so many leaders, you know, wonderful leaders, leaders that still have a long way to go. But um, when you see the patterns, you can actually normalise it to people and say, this is actually not just you, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a pretty much a global phenomenon right now of the ability to deal with complexity and ambiguity and remain calm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is quite difficult. And um, when mm-hmm. you know, in the support, you talk a lot about evidence based coaching or evidence based mm-hmm. support. What is that exactly? Yeah, um, evidence based coaching is there. There is a huge amount of theory that's been developed over the years around what's been proven to be effective. And evidence-based coaching psychology is the study of what has been proven through a whole bunch of methods uh, to be effective in helping people change. The difference between evidence-based coaching and regular coaching is that there are a lot of wonderful coaches out there and they use a whole bunch of different methods. Uh, The trouble is that so many of those methods haven't been proven. They might be popular. They might be based around the latest trend or the latest book or bestseller. Um, but frequently people can just pick up on these and say, this is what I'm going to use in my coaching, or I've learned something from my coaching school, and there are different qualities of coaching schools that are out there. Um, But evidence-based, the the work I do with people almost invariably comes back to what's been proven to be effective, and I don't do anything by accident. It's like, okay, this is what this person needs right now because of what I've learned will be effective in this instance. So, so use, using this on a basis of, of the evidence-based question, if you were working with somebody, I mean, one one of the biggest things that I've I've seen in leaders is, um, you know, helping them try to decide what matters the most and, and make decisions. Yeah. So, using this method of evidence-based coaching, and how would you help a leader figure out what matters the most or, or break through an indecision? Mm-hmm. There are a couple of approaches. In the instance, if there isn't a lot of time, even just asking, you know, what matters most right now will often help 
a leader. Frequently they go silent for quite a while while they really piece things together. But normally they'll come to a conclusion um, that, that actually really sits right with them. What I'm actually doing in those moments is speeding up the process of helping them understand their values. At the same time, normally, I normally don't work with any client um, until I've actually ascertained what their values are. The very first session is around what are your most important values in life as a human being um, and how do they show up in your leadership and how can we make sure that the decisions that you make are based around those values because that will give you a consistency and it will give you a north star to hold on to when otherwise things are cloudy. But there are sometimes when someone's trying to piece something together, it's like, okay, what matters most? What matters most? And almost invariably, you're going to find that they come to the best decision in those moments. Mm-hmm. And, and how does a leader's emotion play into this, okay, into this whole process? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The process of making decisions? Yeah, or just the whole leadership process. Mm-hmm. Well... One of the things I look for is is to what degree is the leader making emotional or logical decisions. When, when a, a leader is more inclined to be logical, um, and that means being a little bit more detached, they will be inclined to make better long-term decisions for the business. When a leader is more emotional, they will be inclined to tolerate certain things um, or prioritise relationships and um, morale and so on, even at the expense of business results. So what I like to do is, as much as possible, get the leader to have a balance of both. If a leader is only logical, he's missing a whole lot of important data. Um, but if if they are too emotional, they will tend to tolerate things, hold on to people that aren't effective. They will let things fester um, and then often over-respond rather than manage them in the moment. So understanding how emotional you are, how logical, how logical you are, is really important. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, you know that kind of comes back to the four, the four models. And I want to, I want to go back to that. We're going to take mm-hmm. a short break now, Catherine. So um, when we come back, mm-hmm. I really, I want to talk about this, this um, mindset. Okay, and mm-hmm. and I want to really go into. Now, there's a lot of talk on, on leadership, gender differences, cultural differences, even generational. I'd like to talk about that when we get back after the break. Sure. Absolutely. So for our listeners, we are speaking with Catherine Hosey, and she is one of the only three coaches in the U.S. qualified at a master's level to offer evidence-based coaching psychology to her clients. And she partners with successful leaders in reinjecting meaning, authenticity, and sustainability to how they lead their organizations, including complex adaptive leadership approaches required for our economy today. Now, you can reach out to Catherine under www.powerhousecoaching.com, and she's also under Twitter under Catherine Hosey, and on LinkedIn under Catherine Hosey. So please reach out to her to learn more about leadership Based coaching. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And each month they have online training series and learning series under www.cinda.org virtual. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Partner Up with Amy Carroll focuses on getting more of what you want and need more easily and with less difficulty. While this applies to business, it can be used for just about everything, from relationships to leadership. You'll hear stories and tips to uplevel your communication and mindset to gain confidence and inspire action. By making your partner look good, conflicts dissolve and results improve. Partner Up with Amy Carroll is heard live every Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking about leadership in this changing world. And we're talking about uh, leadership with uh, Catherine Hosey, who's one of the only three coaches in the United States, qualified at a master's level to offer evidence-based coaching psychology to our clients. And she's giving us some insights into leadership and leaders today. So, Catherine, before before the break, um, 
you know, we, I, I was talking about the emotional state of leaders, okay? And you talked about, you know, whether the leader was, emo, you know, emotional leader or kind of a little bit more detached. Um, and that brings me to the big question of gender and leadership. And um, there, there are many, you know, initiatives around the world. Um, in Europe has um, uh, Leadership 2020 to try to get, you know, uh, equal balance of women on boards and there's a lot of movements and and you know people the one of the things I heard there's a difference between the way women lead and men lead is that just kind of a hypothesis or have you seen that or what are your comments on that it's mm, a big question um, I have worked with so many men over the years but I also work with a, a large number of women that are referred to me um, and the reason I work with a lot of men is because I find that they often have no one else to speak to, whereas women are often more resourced. So um, the the thing that I look for is, first of all, someone said to me years ago, cleverness separates, but wisdom unites. And so one of the things that I like to look for in myself when I'm working with people is, how much can I not separate? And... I'm reluctant to to preference one over the other because the way I look at it is, is this person well-rounded? When I look at, for example, a male leader, if, if he's still feeling as though he has to show up in a particular way that is typically male, he'll be really limited. And I'm thinking right now of a really wonderful leader that I was working with maybe two or three years ago And he was definitely caught up in that. And the work we did together was having him become um, more open to feedback, having him become more willing to discuss things, more willing to share where he's at, more willing to show up authentically. And so the work with him was around how can we round this man out? How can we make him um, not only kind of active but also receptive? And so this is also the work with women. Um, you know, do they have a good balance of can they speak out? A lot of the work I find with women is around helping women find their voice, which is the more active um, and, and, you know, as well as being receptive and open to feedback and taking things in. So I believe really what the best leaders are is a combination of traits of active and receptive, and that can show up in any gender. And when, when you go back to this, um, four, you know, four-factor model that you talk about, mind, mindfulness, mm. perspective, shared sense of purpose, dialogue, I mean, it, it is true that it's not just gender that might approach those differently, but personality. Mm. So, so um, you know, you have these four concepts, but everybody approaches that differently. So, so how do you work through that, okay? You know, I may approach mind, you know, does mindfulness mm. have one meaning? across the hall, across to everything? Mm. Um, mindfulness can show up in a whole bunch of ways. Uh, generally, we're, we're living in a very anxious society and there are a lot of very anxious organizations out there and they're being run by anxious leaders and that's no judgment, it's just a fact. Um, and when a leader is anxious, the organization becomes anxious and so the mindfulness is very frequently around how can I reduce my anxiety? How can I look at this through the filter of wisdom rather than thinking that every, you know the, the sky is falling? 
how can I manage my own anxiety about not having all the facts but start to trust my team to be on top of things? Uh, at the same time, mindfulness can also be in the moment noticing when our fear comes up and, you know, having the courage to speak out even when we're uncomfortable. So mindfulness is essentially self-management. Um, so the majority of the majority of leaders I work with, the mindfulness is around reducing anxiety, being able to hold on to themselves, being able to be non-reactive, being able to be not triggered uh, when things happen, but to remain calm and be a safe pair of hands for people. But it also includes the mindfulness to be courageous and the mindfulness to say something that might not be popular and the and to calm ourselves down after the fact as well, which is one of the one of the tasks of becoming an adult is learning how to self-soothe and how to recover ourselves when we've been through something difficult. And that's often the work of mindfulness. Could could this also and um, have kind of a different perspective or a different meaning um, in different cultures, okay? I mean, we're in a world mm. economy now and we have leaders, all different cultural, uh, you know, we're working with leaders from all over the world. Um you know, mm-hmm. when you take this four-factor approach, and especially mindfulness, um, mm-hmm. what do you have to pay attention to when when mm-hmm. working with leaders from all over the world and different cultures? Mm. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I think it's very easy to to classify someone. Like, for example, I'm working more frequently with tremendous leaders, you know, in, with from Indian with Indian backgrounds. I mean, I'm, I'm so enjoying um, I, I'm so enjoying that. There's a lot of heart I find in in working with um, people from that background. The I think it's really easy to classify people just by their nationality, though, and I tend to look at it as more like we're all a combination of so many cultures and climates. For example, I'm an Australian woman and I was raised in the countryside and my mother was from the city and I've also lived around the world and so it would be really easy to label me, for example, Australian. But there there are so many other micro-cultures inside of all of us. You know, did we come from a family that was wealthy? Did we come from a family that was, you know, far more working class? You know, uh, so I think it's very easy to assume that someone comes from a particular background so therefore they're going to have certain traits. I think it's more useful to ask, you know, is there anything about your background or the way you were raised or the culture you came from that might be important for me to know as we work together? Um, I'll give you an example. Something that I can sometimes find with people from the UK is that they're far more aware of hierarchy. Um, that might not apply to all of them, but that's just something that might come out. Okay, how do we actually help this person to be courageous and um, and to speak out regardless of who they're speaking to um, with the same level of courage and transparency without feeling as though they have to show up in a particular way for certain layers of the organisation? But that's, that's an example. But again, there are all different factors that come into that person's way of operating and it's not just nationality. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, when we do think of culture, we think of upbringing. Um, and you talk about stereotypes. You're right. It's very, it's, it's very easy to stereotypes. And you be, you know, you coming from Australia, I'm being in Europe. You know, uh, one of the, one of the stereotypes I often hear is, um, 
uh, yet American leaders are really addicted to positive. You know, everything's positive. Mm. Um, and, and I think we are seeing a little bit of that in the COVID, okay? Um, we saw a little bit of mm-hmm. that politically over the last year. Um, is that a general issue or do you think that's really is a stereotype? And how do you deal with something like that? Mm, it's, it's, as an outsider working uh, working with leaders in we you know living in the US and, and having lived around the world and um, and working with so many American leaders, I do see the US as being a culture that is somewhat addicted to positivity. And the thing that I see is that there seems to be almost like two ways of operating. Either everything is positive and I'm fantastic and I'm going to beat my chest and I'm the best and we have this problem of high self-esteem. And you might think, well, why is high self-esteem a problem? Well, well, what I always aim for in clients is do they have healthy self-esteem? When we have high self-esteem, we tend to put ourselves above others and we tend to see ourselves as superior. And and, and that is actually just a problem of a lack of self-love. So Mm -hmm. I look for healthy self-esteem. So this idea that we need to either be thinking we're fantastic and everything's working and the positive affirmations and there's a lot of personal development in the US is based around this very positive thinking and it's not very useful. Um, the other alternative that people see is that if they're not completely positive about themselves and they have to be very critical and that judgmental and there's a lot of comparison that goes on and that's also just, um, it stems from the same thing as a high self-esteem, it's a lack of self-love. Now, what I find is that when we have an addiction to positive thinking and think the only alternative to positive thinking is coming down hard and comparing ourselves negatively, we're not willing to look at ourselves and we're not willing to look at reality. A lot of the work that I do with, with clients is having them bring, instead of um, instead of these illusions, is to, is to bring a combination of curiosity and self-compassion to everything. So let's say they're struggling with, you know, focusing their organization. Let's say they're they're, um, overwhelmed. How can they bring curiosity and self-compassion in that moment instead of judgment and say, what's really going on here? And when we're able to look at ourselves with compassionate eyes, we're able to dig deeper and become more curious because we're not afraid to find something. So... This is my concern with positive thinking. It stops us looking at the truth when we can really look at the truth with huge amount of objectivity and compassion and just say, okay, what are we going to do about it? It's not just me. What can I do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And the word you just said, curiosity, made me um, come to one question, um, last question before we have the break. Um, when I, when I hear, th- hear the word curiosity, um, I think of Generation Z, okay, and and um, you know we do have leaders that are 21 years old or 22 years old, especially in tech, okay. Um, what what do you think is different about working with those leaders, the the new, the younger generation, than it is working mm. with probably existing leaders, the, the mm. older ones. Well, there 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 are so many differences across the generations. Normally. Um, Normally, if I'm working with someone at, at that age, normally, for example, I might work with entrepreneurs that have just sold their business for quite a lot of money and, and, and people even as early as, you know, their mid-20s and their late-20s and I work with people all the way through to their 60s. But the thing I see with younger leaders is that very frequently there's a certain impatience. There's a certain anxiety about time. There's a certain uh, sense of, oh, this should be, this should be you know, the culture I'm creating, the business I'm creating should be there already. 
there's a sort of destination addiction. And so um, one of the, there is generally a sense of impatience, I find, you know, mm-hmm. across the board these days. But helping them to shift from being clever to being wise. Mm-hmm. Normally in the first half of life, we can be stuck in being good enough. So that is normally up until, you know, the 30s and the late 30s. So it's about, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Do I have the right degrees? Can I prove that I'm better than everybody? Um, but normally the shift that needs to happen is a shift to the good enoughness and the calmness and the wisdom. Some of it to me, um, yeah, so, so this, is largely, this is largely the shift I see. How can I get this person to calm down, to take their ego out of it um, and to look at it through wiser eyes rather than I need to be there already and what do I need to do to make it happen? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you think, were we all like that when we were young? But I think this generation mm-hmm. is a, a little bit extreme because you have you have some of those, you know, um, examples, you know, of, of people okay. who have made it young, uh, made it big young. <laughs> and, and, and everybody, exactly. thinks, you know, yeah. Exactly. So we're, yeah. we're going to take um, another break now. And um, for our listeners, we're talking about leadership and what's going on in leadership today, and and how we can support leaders, how we can support leaders today. And we're speaking with Catherine Hosey, and she is one of the three coaches in the U.S. qualified at a master's level to offer evidence-based coaching psychology to her clients. Um, she partners with successful leaders in re-injecting meaning, authenticity, and sustainability into how they lead their organizations, including learning complex adaptive leadership approaches. And this is all required in our changing world today. And if you'd like to get hold of Catherine, you can reach out to her on www.powerhouse-coaching.com. And please, there you can learn about her practice and um, a little bit more on evidence-based coaching. You can also reach out to her on Twitter under Catherine Hosey and on LinkedIn under Catherine Hosey. And her last name is spelled H-O-S-I-E. So please reach out to her. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And you can send me questions and comments to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers, all focused on digital. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And with that, we're going to take a short break right now. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Partner Up with Amy Carroll focuses on getting more of what you want and need more easily and with less difficulty. While this applies to business, it can be used for just about everything, from relationships to leadership. You'll hear stories and tips to uplevel your communication and mindset to gain confidence and inspire action. By making your partner look good, conflicts dissolve and results improve. Partner Up with Amy Carroll is heard live every Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are speaking um, with Catherine Hosey. And Catherine is an expert in leadership, and she's one of the only three coaches in the U.S. qualified at a master's level to offer evidence-based coaching psychology to her clients. Um, She works with successful leaders in uh, re-injecting meaning, authenticity, sustainability into how they lead their organizations, including learning complex adaptive leadership approaches required for our changing world. And we are living in a changing world, Catherine. I mean, we just talked about having um, leaders that are in their 20s, okay, that probably have made, you know, millions of pounds or dollars or euros okay um and that that is that is quite different than it was quite a few years ago isn't it isn't it it is we're living in an accelerated society and the expectations the expectations are accelerated as well and and we're also working with um you know uh, what is it four or five generations today um how, how confusing is that for leaders Hmm. It's a good question. Um, it it can be confusing. I think it's uh, it's uh, again it can be. I think easy to um, uh, to have a certain stigma around certain generations and 
Um, I'm thinking of some of the leaders I work with. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, they can be anything from like the mid-20s right through to the early 60s. And the levels of wisdom uh, are not necessarily always where we expect to find them. Um, so, for example, I, I'm working with a really wonderful client. I'm enjoying him immensely and he's so incredibly bright. And, um, and, and he's a relatively young man, but his intelligence is off the charts. And um, so I think that, I think that, and, and we are working a little on the wisdom with him and a little around the, <laughs> the, the understanding that things take time and it's okay, you know, to not always be there yet. Um, but it, it can be confusing for leaders. The thing is, too, that uh, this is, again, where the curiosity comes in with other people as well. It's so easy to take a you know, get a sense of somebody just by how they show up or how, you know, the impression we get of them from a distance. But actually getting to know them uh, better is really important. I recently read a study. It was really interesting. It was saying that um, that CEOs that meet with uh, new recruits in the organisation in the first week um, face-to-face actually have a tremendously um, increased retention rate because if people actually feel directly connected to the CEO in the first week, the chance of them being committed to the company and feeling significant and seen uh, goes way up. And as this is actually a need that I'm seeing is for people to understand understand each other more deeply, to understand each other's motives, to understand what each other care about uh, because the more we understand a person, Normally, the more we can predict what they're going to do, we can understand their good intentions when they do it. Um, and when we have trust in an organisation and we can trust the people around us, um, things are able to move forward more quickly without the being bogged down in detail or that feeling of I have to have my hands all over this because I'm not actually trusting the competence or the motives of the people around me. So the reason I'm saying this is because it's easy to assume someone is a certain age therefore they have a certain understanding or motives and that's not always true mm-hmm. no that makes a lot of sense and I like the I like the example of meeting the CEO I think that would have a great impact on um, yeah. some you know on a, yeah. a, a new recruit um, and when we talk about the generations um, let's let's get into what what's happening today I mean oh my gosh mm-hmm. we're in this pandemic. <laughs> Um, you know, they, mm-hmm. the, the generation Z has never seen anything like this. Um, even the millennials really have never seen anything else like this in their lives. Okay. Um, you know, the baby boomers, uh, the others have gone through, dep- you know, um, mm-hmm. depressions and have seen things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been, an, had a great impact on leaders. So, um, mm-hmm. it was a transition time, you know. When the future is really uncertain, how do we help leaders navigate through this ambigu- uh, you know, this this situation that we have today? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of things that I re- sort of refer to quite a lot in my in my mind when I'm working with people. Um, one is um, Transitions by William Bridges, and the second is Hope Theory by Charles Snyder. And the first one, William Bridges used to write about. Um, and he still has a lot of wonderful books out there, but he would write about what's called the neutral phase. The neutral phase is this phase we go through when things aren't the way that they used to be, but we're not really sure what they're going to be <laughs> next. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of a muddy phase of, oh, I'm kind of hacking through the undergrowth here. I don't really know where I'm going, but I sure as hell aren't, and I'm not home anymore. Um, so the most important thing that we can do during a neutral phase is, first of all, 
normalise the uncertainty and the anxiety that that brings up. But secondly, to focus on good habits. So many people benefit from having stabilising habits right now. They might be individual habits that help people take care of themselves and they can also be organisational habits. You know, what are we putting in place here that's actually making us stronger during this time? What kind of... um, what kind of structures do we need to put in place in the organisation to make us rock solid and give people a sense of certainty when the future is uncertain? So certainty can be created through good habits right now. The second thing that I often come back to is that hope theory by um, by Charles Snyder. The, the most important thing that we can do as leaders at the moment is to set achievable goals. Um, to, to not just sort of muddy around with, with, with having sort of no, no goals, but have them short-term, short-term achievable goals rather than big, hairy ones. Because what people need now is a sense of, okay, we've, we've set a goal and we can achieve it. Um, and and th- there are three steps, there are three steps to, to creating hope in an organisation. If you're interested, I could talk that through a little more. But um, Sure, go ahead. Uh, that would okay. be interesting, okay. yeah. Well, well, the way to create hope in an organisation is, first of all, to set achievable goals. And, and if you have a very large goal, to break it down into to smaller ones that people can sort of say, OK, this is the next goal. We just have to get to the next, you know, the next campsite, so to speak. Um, the second part of hope theory is to uh, increase the sense of agency in the team. So um, to what degree does the team have a sense of confidence? To what degree do they actually feel as though if we set a goal, we're going to reach it? You know, what do we need to do as a leader so that when we say we're going to do something, we actually follow it through and we model that and we hold others to actually believing that they will do what they say they will do because the agency, uh, that, that, that creates a lot more certainty when we start to believe that we'll do what we say we will. And the third thing is to create multiple pathways. Now, right now, we might not necessarily know is pathway A going to be blocked. We don't know what's going to happen. So the more pathways you have toward achieving that same achievable goal, um, the more your team will feel a sense of hope. Um, it's really important, though, to only work on one pathway at a time. So, okay, we're following this plan, right? And until we come to kind of a stop sign, then we might change to plan A and plan B, you know, bigger part and plan B and C, but just knowing which pathway you're on at any given time and being really clear about that is important. No, those, I mean, that, that sounds like three very, very logical steps. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if, if leaders could follow that, I can, I can see how that can make a great difference in this time of transition, uh, which leads me, you know, to the next question is um, the, other, the other issue or challenge we have today is, you know, we associate leadership a lot about with person, person to person, okay? And we are now in this virtual world, right? Um, and regardless of what you say, it, you know, the Zoom meeting or the, the you know, um, go, to, go to webinar meeting, is, it doesn't ha- always have the same impact. H- how can leaders keep, you know, mindfulness and keep, keep personal during this epidemic, uh, p- pandemic? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let's come back to lowering anxiety. I met with a leader recently and I was really impressed with him because um, he, the way he showed up visually gave a sense of calm. So what that means is that he had his 
in a sense, his environment set up, it was simple, it was clear, it was very, it looked like it was extremely organised and he himself looked as though he was in control and I'm not talking about being controlling but things were in order. Um, presence matters. You know, when people meet us on Zoom, do they feel overwhelmed by the stuff around us, like the kind of, you know, or do they actually feel as though we're, we're able to sort of have our act together? At the same time, um, well, another part of that is, is how we communicate with people. Are we clear? Are we concise? Um, you know, there have been times that I've been working with leaders where they were so they were so wordy that I felt exhausted. I had a call with someone that wasn't a client of mine. It was a, a, a it was an organisation I I do some work with, but I got off a half hour call feeling completely exhausted. Mm-hmm. So, paying attention to how clear we are, um, how much we minimise overwhelm is really really important. At the same time, now more than ever, people need to know that they're connecting with a human being. And our ability to demonstrate vulnerability and our ability to be honest about where we're at and to be personal at the same time is, is also the other side of the coin. You know, are we willing to say, you know what, guys, you know, it's been tough. You know, the kids are, the kids have been going through a rough spot, but I'm here now and I'm on and I'm with you. Um, that kind of vulnerability and authenticity is what actually makes people feel connected to us. So it's a balance of holding it together but also keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um, you know during this time with leaders and and uh, what you've talked about of helping leaders find the four factors and then helping install hope into you know what they're doing. Um, do you believe leaders are born or they're born with certain you know a leader is born or can people learn to be leaders? I mean, you're working with a lot of leaders. Does there have to be some kind of natural leadership there to even start with, to start working with? I love that question. Um, it's, a com- it's a combination. I mean, there are, there are people. Um, there are, I'm, I'm thinking again of a, a leader that um, I used to work with, and, and he believed that leaders were just born and you just make them better, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know um, and I think there is... There's an element of truth in that. Some people just have it. And there are certain ways of operating. You know, I, I can normally pretty quickly predict someone's, you know, someone's way of operating. And some people just are charismatic. They are decisive. They are strong. They are confident. Um, at the same time, sometimes we think that person has always been that way, but very frequently they have learned it. Um, and... Even the man who was saying to me, I believe that, you know, leaders are just born and you just shape them and make them better. He also told me that his years at a large organization told him to kind of shop, you know, taught him to shop in a certain way. And it was kind of in a way a facade that he was wearing, which we worked on allowing him to relax a little. But I believe everyone can become better. Mm-hmm. I believe that even people that, might not necessarily like being dominant or like being um, leading a whole bunch of people can still find very effective ways to do it. If So long as they know themselves really well, so long as they know their personality, so long as they know how to tap their energy, so long as they know what their strengths are, what their values are. So if you know yourself, the chance of you becoming a good leader and creating a leadership philosophy around who you are just goes way up. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I always like to, to hear people's opinions on that question. So um, we're getting towards the end of our show, Catherine, and we we talked about a, a lot of things, and we talked about that leaders do need help now. Um, and um, it's a tough time out there. I mean, we're going through this huge transition. Mm. We don't we don't know what's going on. If you had one message to give to our leaders right now, um, what? You know, kind of to sum it up and, and kind of just to get through this and be the best you can. What would your message be? Mm. Oh, wow. There are so many things. First of all, it's not just you. And the the struggles that you're facing, they're human. And I don't believe, I have never worked with someone who had a, a struggle that I had never seen before. Because because all of us have the same struggles as humans. So it's not just you. Um it's important to remember that this too shall pass. I always find in life, if I ask myself, what's the reason this is happening for me? Like, what is the opportunity? There's always a gift in everything that happens. And if we say, okay, what's the gift and what's the opportunity? You know, what what can I, how can I turn this struggle I'm having into um, a strength? I always find that turns it around. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, Many years ago, I was working with someone who was incredibly challenging and um, very diminishing of everyone around him, and he was very well known for this, and it was pretty difficult to be around, and I decided to turn it into an opportunity to become more differentiated, and by that I mean I decided that I was going to use that relationship to hold on to myself more and not be so triggered by what someone said or did, so... That turned out to be a tremendous gift. And whatever you're going through, look for how this can be an absolute gift at the absolute right time in terms of what you can develop in yourself and and what you're being presented with that you can work through. Fantastic, wise words to all of us in leadership positions, Um, Catherine. Thank you you so much for your insights. And for our Mm -hmm. listeners, we've been talking to Catherine Hosey, who is one of the only three coaches in the U.S. qualified at a master's level to offer um, evidence-based coaching psychology. And she works with successful leaders in helping them regain authenticity, sustainability, and help them... Um, lead their organizations uh, more impactfully. And if you'd like to contact Catherine, please go to her website under www.powerhost-coaching.com. And if you'd like to reach out to her, she's also on Twitter under Catherine Hosey and on LinkedIn under Catherine Hosey, and that's H-O-S-I-E. So, Catherine, once again, thank you for taking the time. Very insightful thoughts today. Um, please stay safe, okay? And um, and let's all get through this. Get through these turbulent times together. Okay? Yeah, thank you so much, Kimberly. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And my listeners um, from Leadership uh, Beyond Borders, thank you for listening again. Please tune in to us every Tuesday. Um, 3 p.m. specific time and if you happen to miss a show don't worry you can find us on every major podcast platform so please listen to the show if you don't get to hear it live and please stay safe and wish you all a great holiday season a great new year Um, it is December 29th so 
wishing you best in let's hope that 2021 is a little bit better than 2020. So thank you and until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.